there are skips and skipperettes from across the vast electronic wasteland known only as Internet Land. Welcome back to Tales from the Jungle Cruise. Okay, boy, do we have skippertainment for you today. You know, we've had a lot of skips lately from the late 70s and 80s, but today we bounce back to the late 90s and early aughts with Jungle Jesse himself, Skipper Jesse Banda. Jesse is like a personality hand grenade and was always a strong presence at Disneyland and at the Jungle Cruise docks. And his website, paparitaville.com, is about to have a big relaunch. He's got a big following and has his hand on the pulse of pop culture and nerddom, and he got his start right here on the Rivers of Adventure. We're super excited to welcome Skipper Jesse Banda to the podcast. All right, if you're a first-time listener, remember to join us at Facebook at facebook.com slash junglecruise, C-R-E-W-S. It's the best place to find out about new episodes and all the latest jungle happenings. Or to directly access our website, junglecruisecrews.podbean.com, or search SkipCast on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Now, in the good news category, we've got a backlog of episodes built up for the first time in over a year, so we're going to be solid on this every other week episode schedule for at least the next three months. Uh, Every other week, we'll feature a classic episode on our Facebook page, but we'll have new content uh, every other Tuesday. Things are fantastic here in the world of the Jungle Cruise. Uh, Lots of new things are on the drawing board, so make sure you keep sending your friends links to the show so we can keep growing our Jungle family. Thanks, everyone, and here we go with Tales from the Jungle Cruise Season 3, Episode 13, an episode I like to call, And the Banda Played On. the moment of silence on from TV Funhouse. All right. Uh, So hey everyone out in the vast electronic wastelands known as Internet Land. Uh, We are sitting here at the Marriott. Marriott? Marriott. Marriott. I I get like Marriott, Sheraton, and Hilton confused because none of those words mean anything. They're just like gibberish words if you take them out of context. So I forget which one is a hotel and which one is a popular treatment for erectile dysfunction. Um, Would that be the... uh, The Hilton? I don't know. The extended stay? Some would say. I know some people have had those uh, problems cured at hotels. (laughs) So, um... Buy a Hilton. Buy a Hilton. (laughs) I'm just saying. It's pretty easy to buy a Hilton. I'm sorry. I'm sure she's a lovely, lovely girl. That was was too easy of a shot. So, uh, let me... So is she. So she (laughs) (laughs) Boom. Okay, so here's the the brief rundown for our listening audience. Uh, This fine evening, we are sitting uh, mere paces away from WonderCon in Anaheim. Hooray! Uh, Which, yes, I mean, comic conventions. There's a lot of of, um, Venn diagrams that are shared between Jungle Cruise and Disney groupies. (laughs) And uh, people who would dress up as Harley Quinn for a weekend. Oh, it's true. It is true. Uh, sitting with me is uh, we don't like to say ex skipper because we're, we're never really ex skippers. I think just, I think ex cast member. I think you're, you're a skipper for life. Yes, but you are no longer employed by Disney. That is correct. You sometimes make your money off of them. Well, uh, just trying uh, trying to make my money off of them. Uh, Jesse, you were uh, at the world famous Jungle Cruise from what to what? I was there '96 to 2001. You are correct. You got that. You got that question right. Yes. You are. I get to take another drink for that. Yes. Um, we overlapped, but not on Jungle. I was over at California Adventure in 2001. Oh, okay. I was over for the opening. I uh, oh. opened I opened two rides that are no longer there. Hooray. Well, I used to I work, I worked on a ride at Disneyland that is no longer there. Uh, which one would that be? The Rocket Rides. Oh, the Rocket Rides. Yes, the, uh, the Contact Lens Dryer 2000. <laughs> it just pops them out. It, well, it pops them out, but... Not as well. We'll get to that story later. Yes. <laughs> Slide that a little bit. No worries. Dirty. Uh, so, no, I, as I understood, kind of was, as you know, I did a little little research into you. NSA makes it so easy. It is, it's true. Bleed. Um, so, no, so, yeah, you, you were uh, before the landlock, so you had multiple land experience. Right. So. 
when did they land lock it? Because it wasn't while I was there. Uh, oh, I want to say. Okay. Yeah, it was after DCA opened. They went back to a hard land lock. Uh, and then uh, Main Street was Main Street part of Tomorrowland when you were there? No, Main, okay, Main Street. Before. Yeah, it was Main like Street. One or ninety-two. It was interesting. Main Street had a lot of different things done with it while I was there because when I first came on. Main Street was a part of my department, which was narrations at the time. Right. And then narrations went away, and it was still part of our department, but it was just Main Street vehicles. I would say it was it was very bizarre. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so sitting in with us uh, is your compatriot in your podcast goodness That's and right. uh, business business partner or yeah, uh, sure, good pal, fan for friend. <laughs> I don't know how it was, uh, but uh, Ed, who is not a Disney employee, uh, Ed, you are actually the first non-Disney employee to grace our podcast. Ooh, how dare I, you. I, I hope I do you well. I'm an annual pass holder, which which is in some people's eyes more uh, than the window grab Awesome. I hope you caught all that. And well, <laughs> there's nothing better than a podcast. Uh, going back to our roots, we've been like oh. f- 15 episodes dry. Our last seriously drunk episode Sounds familiar. Um, was. Uh, did you ever meet Adam Rotella? Oh yeah, yeah. Was with Adam Rotella at mm-hmm. the uh, Pike Place Market Brewery in Seattle. Awesome. And with Mike Robles. Oh Mike, I and, love Mike. Uh, and Matt Neary. <laughs> and so. Uh, we started at uh, 11, okay. and by about 1, uh, Adam had had about 6 beers, <laughs> and then we proceeded to move to the Kells, and he had 3 more gin and tonics. The, there's a progression, you can hear it in the podcast, the first one he's a little, the second one he's a lot, the third one he's nearing unintelligible. We got a fourth like bonus episode that I've not been able to air because I have too much respect for the parties involved. But maybe someday because it's I didn't do that with ours. No, we had an episode like that. Our most downloaded episode that we had was our Comic Con drunk episode. Oh, that that's where after several parties that we were invited to that had open bars, it was what about two o'clock in the morning. At least by the time we got back to the shuttles and there were people camped out for a panel there at the convention center and. For Chuck, when Chuck was on the air, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought it would be a brilliant idea for me to interview them at that moment, and I was just—we were all of us were just—we had drinks but no food all night. Long. All night. <laughs> that sounds like a—you guys are really at the cutting edge of. Well, it was also brilliant too because it was one of those things. Then when we all got back to the hotel. Of course, it was 3 o'clock in the morning, so, hey, there's a place that delivers pizza 24 hours a day. Let's order pizza at 3 a.m. We never ate the pizza. No. It got there, but we never yeah. ate it. Well, the concept of a drunk cast is kind of interesting. You guys know about um, uh, Doug with High? Yes. The, the Doug Benson podcast yes. where he brings on celebrity guests and gets them stoned? Yes. So that that's always an interesting, fun little podcast. That's good times. So um, yes. before we dive into the Disney stuff, tell me a little bit about your media empire and the podcast. <laughs> And, uh, oh, media. Well, the Media Empire is being reworked right now, but it's a, a site that we started in, was it 2006 initially? Sure. Yeah, sounds about right. I don't uh, know. I was drunk for most of it. So. <laughs> but initially, it actually started back in the days of MySpace, where when we were roommates, I started a, a blog on Lost. It all started on that, and so uh, we would watch the episode and write a review on it, but it, it would have commentary about the episode. And so we started, I started getting more and more subscribers to that, a lot of subscribers, and then it became kind of a weekly thing where people would actually come to our apartment to watch Lost with us just to hear the running commentary. Mm-hmm. So I started doing that more and more and more, and then I ended up moving away, and I now live up by Monterey in Salinas, and we were still trying to keep up with Lost at that time. Uh, it was in its close to final season, I believe. But as we were doing that, more people started asking me, what what did I think of a movie that came out? What did you think of this? What do you think of this TV show? So I would start doing reviews on these things, and people really liked them. And so I said, well, we have, because of the, the businesses that we've been in, we had a lot of insight to a lot of things that were happening. So I said, well, let's do some pop culture news. Why don't we talk about theme parks also? Because that seems to be an area in pop culture that kind of gets neglected a lot by people. Water on the rocks, that's strong. But I think theme parks do get neglected in the world of pop culture by a lot of people. And I said, well, we have a great insight into that, so why don't we make that a part of it as well? And the whole idea then was that let's make it a site uh, where people feel when they go there 
like they're hanging out with their friends. Like they're hanging out with their friends and you're all talking about something. And so we gathered up a small group of friends that we trusted and we knew their style uh, of things. And then a site called Paparitaville was born from that. Um, and then the podcast, you guys. I... We're on, the podcast has been on hiatus for a couple of a couple of years, actually. Uh, Time about, flies. Yeah. Well, everybody else got kind of involved. I with, think that's. Uh, we'll put it anywhere. The nachos are here, everybody. Uh, it's exciting. Yes. Um, but what happened is the people, you know, their things in life just started getting in the way, you know, because there were things that had to be done. Uh, some people were, you know, went back to school. Others, that was me. Their <laughs> their jobs were just getting more full time. That included me because I was doing other things outside of that. And so we kind of put everything on hold to kind of, you know, we're we're getting ready to reboot right now. Well, and we'll we'll obviously do the cross promotion thing and throw you to our the wolves of our listening. Hooray! Area. We'll link to this. So. Yeah, absolutely. We'll link to it and uh, we'll drink the, to this. Yes. But then a part of that and, as well. And that means we'll clink to this. Clinky. Thanks. Cheers. Salud. Clinky clinkies. Um, All right. I can't tell you how many of our episodes have been, have centered around alcohol. <laughs> nice. All of ours um, do. Uh, a lot yeah. of that, a lot of that is uh, a lot of that is Trevor Kelly. Uh, okay. Tre- Trevor has has a great. He actually um, in our our lovely Jungle Cruise uh, radio plays plays a great connoisseur of alcoholism. Um, <laughs> And does a good job with that. So no, I think that uh, I think you're right that there's there is a fandom crossover. Uh, right. Uh, yeah, there's a Venn diagram for people who are are Disney fans and right. who are just fans in general. And I think um, that's becoming more and more pre- uh, prevalent to people. Well, and I mean, as is evidenced by the fact that I I saw uh, two zombie Elsas on the way out today. Oh, I missed those. That's uh, great. So that was pretty good. The best part was the uh, the Olaf with the bleeding eyes. Uh, was was amazing. Do you want some warm brains? Just walk around with a cup of water tomorrow and just call it Olaf. <laughs> Be great. Put some eyes on it. Carry a carrot around it. Just dunk a carrot in it. I, I gotta say, I was. Uh, he found the sun. Yes. <laughs> Wait, he's a Christian now. <laughs> well. Um, happy sorry. Easter. Yes. Happy. Bark, bark. Uh, it's always great when you have WonderCon, Easter, and 420 hitting the same weekend. So we'll have a lot of oh, that's right, a lot of stone crucified Deadpool's is my guess. Uh, my, the the world, we call that Wednesday. Yes. <laughs> um, no, it's you know, uh, WonderCon is interesting. We'll definitely we'll, we're going to hit the Disney stuff too. But um, you know, any of the cons anymore, it is amazing the um, the creativity shown in creating hybrids of different fandoms. Uh, what, what did you see on the floor that was interesting today? I mean, did you see any amazing? I have a lot of cosplay I, friends. I think and the thing for me that we only walked the floor briefly today in the midst of everything else. The thing I love that I saw, and I think you probably feel the same way, is there was a, a two girls. One was dressed for Doctor Who. One was dressed as Amy Pond, and the other girl had actually built a full size TARDIS that was on wheels. Well, so, it, it's scale. Well, <laughs> it wasn't full size. Correct, it wasn't true. six and a half, seven feet tall, but it was. It was like in my imagination. Yes, I'm sure it was bigger on the inside. I, I'm, I'm that's actually. What she said. Thrill- yeah, yeah, well, that's what the kids say. That's what's written on my underwear. That's right. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm thrilled with uh, um, the, the the resurgence of Doctor Who. I was. Um, I grew up with Tom Baker on PBS. I don't. I, a lot of people did. Yep. Um, now you know my age, kids. Um, oh, it's okay. Tom Baker was my Doctor too. So. Awesome. Um, so I've actually gone back. I love that Netflix has put everything up, and so I'm going back. I'm. In the William Hartnell phase now, yeah. so um, I'm, I'm going back to and you know they're not that bad. Yeah, you, you know that the budget was low, but right. the storylines are amazing. There, there are some good ones. There are also some really awful ones. Uh, sure, you know, as some, with anything. Yeah, and some of the, the like you know the the Tom Baker ones with the giant seaweed monsters that are you know you know 40 stories tall. There are some really terrible, but it, it had heart. It had heart and right? it had story, and that's. Uh, something we're missing these days, I think. I, I think one of the things that I've I've discovered from walking around today and, and cons in general uh, is that a uh, a bad Matt Smith cosplay is a good Pee Wee Herman cosplay. <laughs> you are absolutely right. Red bow tie, white shirt. That is all I'm going to see now. Yeah, it is. that's so. great. Very good. I, I wanna, Very astute. I want to see him walking around with a blue painted bike. 
uh, would be fantastic. That's and awesome. So, um, yeah. <laughs> That uh, might be my costume next year. <laughs> we have to do that. Well, and you know, we're going to have you know so much fun because it's it's the year of uh, sequels and reboots that nobody wants. Uh, the, the Mrs. Doubtfire uh, sequel has been announced, and uh, Mara Wilson has politely said, what the fuck are you thinking? Well, because the first <laughs> um, one left so many unanswered questions. questions. I mean, what happened to... Yeah. Well, the biggest thing is that it really pisses Robin Williams off that Tyler Perry can be the drag queen for this generation and that he has lost his, his credibility uh, in that role. And so he has to cross-dress again so that you know we don't get another Medea, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, bitch slap sequel. Oh, no. They'll, Although they'll, they'll, they'll work that into the that film, would be that fantastic. would be awesome. So I would actually pay. That would be the I would, pay money. I would actually go and see. I would pay money. Uh, we we, we had the announcement that there's a Goonies sequel that's going to happen. Which, come on, it's only 30 years later, and we really don't care about what happened. Wow. Um, I, that far. I don't. I love the Goonies. I I don't visualize how you take kids that were eight and ten in the movie, or ten or twelve, whatever they were, and translate that into them being uh, forty. And have the movie make any sense? You pass it on to their kids. Yes, it's exactly. You have to do something like that. But all right, they've lost their houses again. <laughs> all the jewels are gone. But, oh, there was a second treasure. <laughs> well, if if every other, you know, I've gone on record now. That's the story. <laughs> One, one of the treasures has a map to a second treasure. It's like a treasure within a treasure. It's very it's, meta. It's the turducken of, uh, of, of uh, John Landis plot movies. Oh, John Landis. Moment of silence. Oh. Okay, that's it. Yes. Okay. So you wouldn't any, want us to talk. Anything else interesting on the media side of things? Or on the, uh... Uh, I'm still working on my Disney book. So um, I'm, having, I'm having a lot of fun doing that. Because uh, for the... For, like for your audience, uh, I'm working on a, a book of stories of all the things that I encountered—not all the things, but many of the things that I encountered, said, and did. Well, well, all the ones that are interesting and all the of reading. Because well, why, why put all the boring crap in? There? Well, and also what I'm doing is all the things that are funny. Uh, you know, I'm leaving out all the drama because anywhere people go, there's lots of drama. And to me, that's just—it's not fun. I want people to read this book and laugh their heads off. And so it's been fun. That's called comedy. Hey. Uh, but it's been fun going back and remembering a lot of the stories, and I reached out to you know a lot of ex-skippers as well, just for us to start chatting about them, so I could start because there's a lot of things that apparently I said and did that I have no memory. Which was of the doing. alcohol uh, usually has a lot to do with that. That's true. I think I only came into work at Disney once, where I was a little toasted, a little bit. That you remember? That's yeah. That I remember. But uh, there are plenty of others that were drunk. Yes. <laughs> it's, uh, it is what happens when you uh, take a bunch of college-age guys and uh, tell them to go work at a uh, repetitive job for right. day in, day That's true. But, you know, there, there are times where I'll speak with, you know, with friends of mine that, used, that I used to work with there and uh, just going through something, and I say, how did we ever get through those days? Like... It'll be stormy and rainy outside, and I'll be inside and be like, oh, my God, it's miserable out there. How on earth were we able to work oh. through those conditions? Well, and, and you look at John. Well, drunk is one, one way. Well, and, you know, but you, it, was, it was the camaraderie. Yeah. It really was. That was what kept us coming back. Because, you know, the, the tops of the boats did not do anything to keep water out <laughs> Oh, of God, there. no. No, just it was uh, a nice... It was a nice place to the collect the water. The bottoms of the don't do too much to keep no. the water out either. Yeah, it was, well. a, it was a nice place to collect the water. But uh, <laughs> as one skipper that I used to work with, uh, Laura Dickinson, um, she used to time it to where she would hit the corners a certain way so that if there was somebody who was sitting by her, they, they would get the entire thing. Yeah. No, I, I, there was an art to soaking your guests. Oh, yeah. You know, to, to taking... Oh, yeah. Uh, the one that I, the one in particular that I remember that was really good at at catching that was going into the the elephant bathing pool. Right. That you could actually catch that corner pretty well and, and soak things out. And it depended on which which canopies had rips in them and where. Well, I'll tell you what though, the uh, the original boats though, before they put governors on them, man, those things used to fly. The governor's on the boat. The governor is on the boat. I thought he was like a zombie now. Well, and as I was telling people, um, during the time that we were at Disney and we had uh, both Gray Davis and Schwarzenegger as as our elected officials, uh, the Jungle Cruise was the only place that had effective governors. Nice. Nice. Only done. So. Tip your waitress, everybody. Um, <laughs> we have a waiter. 
but no, and, oh. and, well, no tip for him. Nope. Well, and besides, <laughs> they, get, they they have to get up after you tip them, so that's you know a little, a little mean. Um, no, the uh, I've actually heard from a lot of people who worked uh, in particular in the '90s who had an art of uh, of running the boat hard, backing oh, yeah. up, and intentionally derailing it so that they could. Yeah, they would do that at the dock. Uh, that was an easy way to do it because you would when you throw it into reverse without the governor. The engine would take a second, and then it would kick on, and then they'd throw it forward, throttle forward, and so the boat would kick up. There were two things it would do. One was if you did it right, you could also just rev the engine. So if you unlocked it, because I don't think the new boats, you could actually unlock the throttle. So you could actually unlock the throttle, so you could just rev the engine. So they would rev the engine forward, and then just as it'd get up to a certain speed, they'd pop it back in, and behind the boat would kick up just this huge wave of, of water onto the dock. So just a question of how far could you make the, the wave actually go. That's always a good competition. It was. Well, something to do. So uh, so you work, I want to talk about two things. First of all, you work in the time period where you work with uh, the lovely and, and beautiful Miss Sue Barnaby. <laughs> yeah, Sue B. Uh, Sue has actually been on the podcast uh, multiple times. She was there, uh, but she, when I came in, she was there briefly. She, at that point, was now spending a lot of her time at Thunder. Yeah, no, she had moved over heavily. Yeah. But, yeah, and, um, you know, because that was the the era that was interesting, because you're right at the the cusp of narrations. Right. Indie, which is now coming up on its 20th birthday. God, man. I, no, I know. What the hell? <laughs> Stupid time moving in a linear progression uh, in a static I way. I mean, it's who the hell thought of that? Uh, Not me. Yeah, I blame the Mayans. Yeah, stupid Einstein. Uh, so Damn no, Obamacare. So you're at you're at 20 years with Indy, 20 years since the boat rehab right. at uh, at Jungle, um, and you were you were coming out of that because that was the time when. Um, there was almost a point with narrations, and for those of you who don't know, there was a point in the '90s where they had the idea of actually training skippers right. to get into characters Be performers. and perform, right. uh, rather than just having them repeat jokes. There was a much more in-character atmosphere right. that made a lot of sense to train people in performance arts. Well, because that was what they wanted to do. Bruce, who was uh, in charge of narration, Bruce Cantrell. <laughs> Um, he, uh, as opposed to Bruce the Shark, which is well, as no, opposed I'm putting to Bruce in the shark. Not everyone. I mean, you know, you guys know, but I'm for people who uh, heard Kim, uh, Kimbrel. Sorry, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, you're right. And um, but as I screwed up, we'll edit that in post. But he, he, that's what he really wanted for that department. Is he, he was really stressing the whole performance aspect of it that the guests were here for a reason. We had to give them that type of show, and for a while there, you know, he was. He was doing everything that people thought was very much along the lines of what Walt wanted, you know, it, as far as keeping the theme and keeping it exciting for the guests that were coming in, and that's what they're trying. But you know, after a while, it just kind of it, it got a little too much of that. But but the whole character development thing—I mean, it was in our scripts when they handed you your script when you got were getting trained. It actually had characters in there for you to choose from. Well, and I think that the concept was was there. But the difficulty you get into is that uh, it's not a cast uh, attraction. Right. It's not like entertainment where you're bringing people in. Which are... which is a misconception that a lot of guests have. Oh yeah. A lot of guests think that you you audition to be on the Jungle Cruise yep. and that you're. There were times where I would stand at the exit and I'd hear the guests leaving. And I remember once hearing a guest say. You know, oh yeah, they're getting paid like twenty five bucks an hour. I was like, yeah. no. Depends on if you leave your wallet no. behind. No, we're not. Where do I sign up? Yeah, I know. Where's that job? Well, but I, I think what the, I mean, there, you know, from my perspective, the things that I saw that was an issue with it is you have such a fantastic show like the Adventurers Club in Orlando. Oh, that, I love that. that was doing what Narrations was trying to do. Right. But it was meant to be a show. They were getting paid as a show. Right. They didn't have the turnover. And what was happening from people I've talked to is you had cast members who were part of the, the narration side of things. Um, but then the people who were not trained that way were, were becoming resentful. And there was a whole lot of, you know, because of the turnover. Right. Okay. I just celebrated my 15th March. So, but, I mean, the narrations thing, it's one of those concepts that I can see why people got excited about it 
from the skipper side because that's it was what a we lot of fun. Create it, but I also can see the downside on it that you know right. there are execution issues that that would create a second tier. And of I think I think that's one of the hard, that was one of the hard things about it was that it's very hard to curb natural instinct, especially for a lot of young people that are working on the ride. Oh, when your instinct is to comment on something else, but you're being told that remember to keep it 1930s. You know, keep it 1930s, keep it 1930s. This didn't exist then, so act like you're amazed by it. Well, and I think that, you know, there's a... Um, I, one of the guys, one, actually my, my second guest, or second podcast, my third guest, was uh, Dave Casella. Okay. And uh, Dave, Dave and I talked about the fact that it was... Um, <laughs> it was fantastic for the people who had the drive and ambition and love of the right. attraction. Right. And it created a number of issues for people who are say in management or you know or, or really because you're managing differently Jungle should be affiliated in some way with entertainment it, because it, yeah. that's what we do and the reason it's not is because we operate a boat right. which puts us into the attractions venue right. for, for union and for other things exactly and that, that was one of the arguments people always had and probably still do today is the fact that you know it's really one of the only attractions where it, it the, the response or the the reaction of the guests is based and dependent on the performance of the skipper. Yeah. If you have a bad skipper, then they have a bad experience. If you have a great skipper, they have a great experience. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's why people are always arguing that no, we're inter- it's entertainment, it's entertainment. Or you have a great skipper on a bad day. Yes. Or you have uh, external influences. There's so many variables from weather to you know operation issues. I mean, it can really be a challenge to, to get all the stars to align. Oh yeah, absolutely. For that for that you know fantastic trip. But I think that the the goal um, what was that one of the, the guys who actually had been a, a manager over Jungle told me that the goal is to have a consistency that even if right. it's even if it's slightly higher than average or even just average and mediocre right. as long as it's consistent and doesn't dip into the negative on a regular basis yeah and one of the problems too with that with the whole consistency thing is that for an attraction like that it's just never going to happen yeah because yeah, there's know? too many variables exactly and uh, and one of the things that, that you see a lot of there especially when somebody new comes on is that what I tried to tell a lot of cast members and a lot of the trainers tried to do as well is that your goal wasn't necessarily it's the loudest trick I've ever heard. <laughs> I was trying so holy, hard. To, I was trying so hard not not to comment on that, and then we all just looked at each other. <laughs> I was like, "Is it another earthquake? What the hell's happening?" Sorry. Um, but I. Uh, but one of the hard things was that. What was I talking about? Uh, we were talking consistency. About consistency. <laughs> like, like in podcasts, for example. Consistency. In is that people, when they're new on there, the trainers would try and tell them is that you don't don't force yourself to try and be funny. You know, is that because if you're not naturally funny, just stick to the script. Stick to the script and don't try and be over the top because they'll see other skippers that are naturally funny. They have the guests rolling and this, oh, well, let me duplicate that and try to be, but it's really hard. And so then trying to have that consistency level between people so and then there are those that really think that they're funny because they have a microphone and you're they're just not. Well, and that's you know it's it's also a pressure from the guests that they you know it is. they have a perception. It and, really is. Which is why you have you have certain people um, who who do an amazingly great straight jungle cruise trip without a lot of humor right. and punch a couple points. Noel Cox is a great example. Noel is one of the guys who will do. A ten-minute trip and put in two jokes, mm-hmm. and they will slay because Noel knows timing and he's able right. to, to create that character in the ambiance and absolutely able to nail it. And there were there were guys that were there that uh, I, I believe are still with the park, but I don't think they're in attractions anymore. Who just had dry deliveries yeah. that people thought it was very straight laced, but they were they were doing it well. And you know, to where the, the skippers, we would all be rolling because we got it. And the audience or the guests just had no idea what was yeah. going on. Well, and that's you know we we definitely uh, we I was talking to the, uh, the other guy I interviewed today uh, from seventy five seventy six, and he said to me, and I thought it was hilarious. We spent most of our time entertaining each other, not right. the guests. And I went, wow, 
nothing has changed in 38 years. Because <laughs> that is the absolute goal for everyone who's working there is entertain the right. people you work with and yep. get their get their respect. And oh, get yeah. Their oh, absolutely. And, and that was one of the... That's one of the hardest things about coming onto that attraction is that you, you have those people that have been there forever and they... You know, you're trying to win their respect. Yeah. You want them to think highly of you, and you're trying to you're trying to get invited into the club. It's, it's a fraternity. It really there's, is. There's hazing, and there's all the things you expect from fraternities. It it really really is, and uh, quite honestly, I miss a lot of that. I, I really do. There there are, there are, I miss all the drunken hazing. Oh yeah, I do. Yeah. Oh my God, yes. But there were so many good times, you know, there in doing things like that. But I think you probably remember this. It's when you can get a skipper who understands why you're doing that to them and why you're hazing them. It's like, we want to make sure that you're up for the challenge of what it's going to be like here day to day. Yeah. If they're not, do you drown them? Yes, we would drown them. them. And that's why the water is green, because it hides the bodies. Well, and you have to realize that we saw the circle of life every year uh, because there was about 10 to 12 ducks born to a litter every year. And we would have betting pools for when those numbers would go down uh, and for which one would actually be the surviving duck of the... There was, there, there was one time I was coming uh, just in front of Schweitzer Falls and I'm making the so turn right there. Pers- very personal story. Oh, yeah. So I'm making the turn right there in front of Schweitzer Falls. <laughs> and... The- there are two two ducks going at it right there you know right there for all the guests to see and you know because you've seen you've you experience it there when you're there you see ducks mating all the time well mating is perhaps not the right word no no no, no. yeah no absolutely um, it's crazy it's, it's three it's, guys holding the girl duck it's head duck the MMA water. fighting is what it is it, no it's duck rape let's be honest it's duck rape duck rape if you want if you want it listening audience let's put that on a hat if you want to go on <laughs> Send it to Judah Friedlander. It would sell in the Midwest. Um, so yes, it would. And Walmart. All, and all Walmarts. What, what you want to look for online is a thing called scientifically accurate ducktails. <laughs> and the uh, the guys at Adult Swim have done this video. Of course, and of course it, they have. It is all of the the scientifically accurate truths about ducks, like like their necrophiles. You know, little things like that. They're cannibals. Ducks are actually cannibals. Ducks are assholes. Yeah, that oh, yeah. is true. So, I'm sorry, so the, I just made it explicit. So the oh, <laughs> sorry, I, I've gone a while without one of those. So I needed Oops, to break this tradition. Hooray! But um, but yeah, no. It's, if you go on to go online and, and uh, check out scientifically accurate ducktails, it's purely for funniest research. videos. Just scientific. But yeah, so oh, okay. But yeah, so, so, so duck sex. Go ahead. Yeah, so, yeah, so so duck rape. So I'm coming around the corner, and there are these two ducks that are going at it. And this little girl, probably about seven years old, sees them. Mommy, mommy, what are they doing? That, and uh, she starts, little girl screaming about this thing. And so her mom says, it's okay, they're just fighting, they're play fighting. And so, and everybody on the boat can hear this. And so, and I looked at the little girl and I said, yes, and it's okay because they're in love. <laughs> If memory serves, though, isn't this the same corner that you came that they, a boat came around and saw you raping a wildebeest? <laughs> it was farther up the river, but yes, that was. Did, that, did, did you get caught in the veldt? Oh my god! Okay, this is another great story. Please, please do. So I get this. I get this call, or we get this call on the radio from one of the boats, saying that one of the tails had fallen off one of the the, the canoes that are out there. Mm-hmm. And of course, you being Roman Yes, please. And, and Sorry, we're going to have to get your like, a signature because you're on the podcast so much. Like, whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I'm famous, guys. And so I'm coming around the corner. Our boats are coming around the corner, and they see that this tail has fallen off. And when that tail falls off of it, it's just a metal pipe. Just click, 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 click. And being the responsible lead that I was, I'm like, okay, well, we're not going to go down for that. Let me run out there to the veld and see what's going on. And so I go running out there, and sure enough, I see that little pipes click, 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 click. And so I'm like, okay, well, we got to try and fix this. And so boat passes, I have a space. I run out there, and I look around on the ground, and I find the tail. And so I put it back on the tail, I put it back on the pipe, and then I run back and hide behind the bushes again. Boat comes around, you know, and turns on the, the 
hits the trigger, and animatronics, well, animatronics for what they were, they go on, and I see the tail starts moving, it, it, it's fine, it starts wagging, I'm like, okay, let me wait for one more boat, make sure, tail falls off again, so I go running back out there, and I notice that when I put it on the first time, I actually didn't put it all the way on the pipe. So I'm like, okay, well, I got to just get this thing on there. And so I grab the tail and I screw it onto the pipe and I just start pushing as hard as I can on that thing to go up as far as it can. And you can't see me out in, in internet land, but I'm behind the canoe with both hands on this tail and I'm thrusting and trying to push this thing on. And then the next thing I know, did, I paid no. I didn't even hear the animation start. I didn't hear the lion roar start. All I hear is a boat slow down behind me, and I turn around and see this boatload of people staring at me with their jaws down as I'm just humping this canoe out there in the belt. And all I do is just turn around. I see them, and I just go, "Hey, everybody, having a good time so far? All right." Have a good day. See, and they can. They kept going, and so luckily I fixed the tail. So much better than what I would have said, which is, uh, "It's all right. He's fifty. We have to do this every year. Now. <laughs> it's okay because we're yeah. in love." <laughs> Full circle. You're not gonna fight me on this, people. Take it to Sacramento. But uh, so, and of course, I get back to the dock, and the skipper had rotated out of the boat. I wish I could remember who it was. And they're just standing on the dock, just rolling. And I'm like, eh, what are you, what, what you going to do? I was up in a canoe. Just, I, I think that for uh, for Valentine's Day next year, I'm going to buy you a card that says, <laughs> says I love new. <laughs> but there, there were a lot of fun times out in the jungle. They, they probably... Oh, well, I know that they've clamped down on so many of the things that we used to do out there. That it's kind of sad to hear about. Yeah, but it's it's a, it's a different world. It, 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 it is. Anything after 01 and, and 9-11 changes the entire landscape of no, everything. Absolutely. absolutely. And that's one of the things. I remember I was talking to a friend of mine several years ago. I was working for Universal Studios at the time as a guide. And they asked me, they said, would you ever go back? And I said, I, I would love to, but I wouldn't because I would really... If I went back, I would want it to be the way it was. Yeah. And I know that that's just never, that's not possible. Well, I, I did that. I left in 05 for uh, about eight months. Okay. Uh, eight or nine months. And I came, well, maybe a little longer, but I came back not long after that. And and it was it was a different universe. It really, things had changed dramatically. You know, maybe it was even longer. It might have, it might have been a little longer than that. But when I went back to the park, it, it wasn't the same magic. It didn't. It, you know, and I really have said as we did this podcast that you really get you get your one experience yeah. there, and you can't recapture that magic when you come back. Now, when I when I come back when I'm 65 and retired, sure, because <laughs> then you don't care about money or right. you know, then you can you know enjoy yourself and exactly. But there is that's what Walt said yes. <laughs> with a bourbon in hand. Amen. But but no, you're right. And but there are so many things. And again, that's kind of one of the reasons why I started working on the book was I wanted people to be able to read about these things that had happened. Yep. That I know certain stories of things that happened have been passed along. Like, oh, did you ever hear about this happening? Did you ever hear about this happening? Like, I doubt that they would ever get away again with doing what we call the jungle police. Did you ever hear about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. And, oh, my God, that was so much fun. That was so much fun to do. And uh, did you ever share that story in the podcast? Uh, I've only listened to, had a chance to listen to a couple of episodes, which yeah, I love. I don't, I don't think we went into the full. I just have to I have to, to back this up. Uh, so, Ed, that's uh, one, one of my favorite stories of cast members getting fired. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of those. Kind of ties into what the comment you just made. Uh, it was a cast member who was smoking behind uh, City Hall. Uh, and when when, con, when confronted uh, by a manager who happened to be Theme Park One and said, oh, why are no. you smoking back here? He said, well, Walt did it. <laughs> and It's irrefutable logic. It, it, is, it is a total... Walt also rocked around in a bathrobe after hours. So, <laughs> so you know... You know, I just have to say it's, it's, it's lucky... <laughs> It's lucky it wasn't Hugh Hefner running Disneyland because it could have been a totally different Yet. park. And and Hugh was still alive. <laughs> Hugh was still alive. That's enough That's money. That's true. But uh, you go ahead and tell the jungle. I will, okay. I'm worried about uh, 
15 minutes for me. Just give you a little time and warning gotcha. on my getting okay. out of here. I'll, Just I'll, enough I'll, for one more martini. I'll, I'll can, this is a great story. So, Jungle Police, I decided, was just going to be a, a fun... I don't even know. Like, it's just a great practical joke to play on not only another cast member, but for guests to experience something incredibly weird. And I had kept and I had kept promising because that's what that's really what people want is something weird. Welcome to the Jungle Cruise, it's presented true. by Salvador Dali. Yeah, I mean, you to know, right? You have I'd write melting, that. You have a melting elephant on your right. Well, you know from work in Jungle <laughs> that once the sun goes down on that ride, things get crazy. And so what. <laughs> I kept telling this one cast member, who, well, this one gentleman who used to work there by the name of Ryan, and uh, I said, you're going to be part Is of this. No, no, he was, he's a great, I love this guy, we're still Ryan great friends, and he, I told him about the practical joke. I told him what we were going to do, and I made him believe that he was going to be a part of it, that he was going to actually help me pull this off. And so he said, that's great. I said, okay, you're in rotation right now. When you come back, we're going to do it. He's like, okay, great. So I send him off on his boat. It's at night, so obviously he's waited for like 10 minutes to load his boat. And so he goes out. I said, okay, you need to do one more trip, and then we'll get you out. Okay, great. So he leaves. As soon as he leaves, I wait for the boat in front of him to come in, and I say, no guests, we're going on a deadhead. And I grab other cast members. I think it was about three other cast members to come with me. They were in on it. So what we did is we went in front of the uh, the gorilla and the, and the snapping uh, crocodile, and we hid in that corner because the lights in the jungle weren't working and so we turned off all the lights on the boat and we waited because we were the boat right in front of Ryan so we hear Ryan triggered the animation for the safari camp he comes around the corner and as soon as he comes around the corner we turned our lights on in the boat including the spotlight and we started flashing them on and off to make it look like the, you know they were just some sort of police they were waving the, uh, the spotlight to make it look like it was a police light and we get on the PA and yell for him to pull over and we say we're the jungle police <laughs> And so all these people are looking at us like, what's going on? And so we back up our boat really quick, and I throw the tow rope onto his boat. I pull him into us, and I tied the boats together. I hopped on his boat, and I grabbed his microphone, and I tell his audience, I go, folks, I'm sorry for the interruption, but we're the jungle police. We've gotten reports that your skipper is not funny, and we need to take him into custody. So I grabbed Ryan and threw him into our boat that had no guest that was in front of us, and they took off with him in the boat, and I jumped in his and finished the tour for him. And all the guests and just looked at me like, what the hell just happened? So, so you're right. A, we haven't heard that story. <laughs> um, B, um, that rehire status that you made, that probably is gone. Oh, he didn't have that. No, no rehire status. You know, I, no, I had it, but I didn't need it. You know, I, quit, I actually quit asking that question on the podcast. Oh, really? Uh, do you have rehire first, status? For the first two seasons, it was, you know, do you have rehire status? Uh, it's funny because mine, I actually left on good terms, uh, but because of the podcast and things, um, I don't know. Right. And it's kind of like Schrodinger's rehire status. Right. I don't want to look in the box <laughs> to, know, to know whether or not I actually have it. So as, as long as I don't know, there's that possibility. The cat is still alive. And I can still feel pretty good about the fact that the cat is alive. So. <laughs> but, and, <laughs> and the finish of it, the capper of it was that I finished the tour, the audience, the crowds got into it by that point. So when we pulled onto the dock, they had him sitting on the dock on a crate and he was tied up. And the person who was the manager at the time was actually, a, took part in it. And they had flashlights in his face, and they were interrogating him when the you know boat pulled up to see what jokes he was actually telling on yep. there. So he was just pleading and pleading that he was actually that really funny. That manager's name was Burt Reynolds. There's <laughs> <laughs> a handful of your guests that are going <laughs> to understand that joke. So the <laughs> that was the Jungle Police. See, and the the problem is, is that you have these beautiful moments in time that are only you know that there's only one boat of guests that are ever going to have yes. that moment. And everyone's going to spend their time trying to redo that over and over again, right. and it's never going to work the way it did. No, it's it's not. But yeah. again, it was the fact that we could do it, and we did it together. And everybody who was on, you know, on crew that night, just it's a story that we all go back and share all the time. But again, I, you know, those are those are the moments that, that I missed yeah. was being able to just do crazy, crazy things like that. Yeah, and that's you know what I've spent the last three years. Uh, <laughs> spending my time is listening to people tell me all of these crazy, crazy stories. And you're like, you did done, what? So. Yeah, yeah. I remember the first time I when I first hired in, I saw somebody surf a boat, and it wasn't the surfing the boat of standing on the back of it as it's going past no man's it land. On the top, top. It of would the boat. stand on the very top of the boat and hold on to it and just go flying down the river. 
I remember coming under Schweitzer Falls and I saw the boat take the turn in front of me, the skipper standing on top of it, just screaming at the top of his lungs and waving his hat in the air. <laughs> did, did I'm he, sorry, that sounds awesome. Did, did he yell, top of the world, mom? <laughs> yeah. I think, honestly, I think it was just a woo as he was flying past me and I lost yeah. it. And it's, I, I really think that there's a point where the inmates do get to run the asylum. <laughs> and we did. And, yes. Well, that was the whole, uh, there, there actually was the generation that didn't have the lead. That was when I came on. Yeah. When I came on, leads had just gone away. Yeah. And then I was there when they came back and that was when they made me one. Yep. Well, some, <laughs> Their first de- mistake. some decisions are... He's <laughs> easily regrettable. Yes. Um, so as we as we hit the last bit of this, yep. thing, and I think what we, I think what we should do is we should just Skype uh, a follow up. Let's this. do another one. Absolutely, I'd um, love to because I think that that's going to be the easy way for us. But it's nice to have the sit down. Yeah, absolutely. After a year or so of us <laughs> bouncing the idea that we're going to do this together, right. um, you know, the we, I just spent the, this afternoon spending about an hour and a half chatting with the skipper about uh, kind of the past of Disney, and I think you're in a really unique position because you have a good handle on not only the theme park side but the right. pop culture side uh, Disney, Marvel, Star Wars all those things uh, so I'll ask you the first question we've asked yes. before is uh, for the 100th anniversary is the Jungle Cruise still around and if it is yes. what does it look like? I think that it'll look pr- pretty much still the same however the animatronics will be updated but I do not see that thing ever going away. That argument has been presented before, and the APs, because there's a difference between AP and an annual pass holder, the APs have come out in force to fight that, the same way they did for the Tiki Room. And quite honestly, Jungle has a popularity over the last eight to ten years that it never had before. I mean, right. it, it, is, it is seen uh, in a very different cultural light right now, um, you know, it really is recognized by a lot of people for the contribution to the, the bad sense of humor that dads have had with their puns for you know almost sixty years. Right, and and a part of me likes to believe that the the cruise that I was on had a little bit to do with that, yeah. and just helping kind of turn the place loose now, a bit. Ha- have you heard um, of the changes in Tokyo that are happening right now? Uh, no. What's okay, going on? So Tokyo? basically, they're putting a soundtrack that is on each individual boat oh. that will be synchronized to the ride scenes. So it'll have music, it'll have gunfire, it'll right. have whatever is okay. appropriate in that scene, and it's going to turn it a little more Indiana Jones and a little less humor, which I, I, I think is interesting. Well, I think that there's still... I'm not discounting. I'm not thinking it's going to be a yeah, bad... Yeah, unless I, there's I, a hologram of a guy driving the boat. Well, there's still, no, there's I want that hologram to be too. And the skipper is still going to spiel. But it's going to have an adventure soundtrack right. to what's going you. on. I think okay. that I think that what you'll end up seeing, and this is from the experience of having had to do almost the same thing when I became a tour guide at Universal Studios, is that we had DVDs that we were required to use, and you can actually find a way to make them useful and make them humorous. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I think that there's ways to do it. Uh, you know, but that's interesting. Yeah, and we also put up a video of uh, Hong Kong's uh, Jungle Cruise. And if you haven't seen... Please tell me they call it Hong Kong Fui. It is... It's amazing from the viewpoint that each skipper has to learn the spiel in Mandarin, Cantonese, and English. Huh. And they, they, they have to be able to deliver the spiel in any of three languages. Yeah, that's would be a bump for that or something. Which I think is amazing. So. Yes, they, they get uh, a lunch break. Oh. How... Oh, oh. Oh. So, um, was it CDS? Oh, CDS. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the, the, the rotation system uh, was best exemplified in the number of people who told management to go rotate. Um, well, yeah, I remember they, that. I remember but, that happening. But with quite, quite honestly, the issue with CDS is not CDS. No, it's that the structure of Jungle Cruise right. is not applicable to the way that that system works. Right. CDS at Indiana Jones is fantastic, and it really is helpful. Right. And, and there are a number of attractions. We suddenly went, we were suddenly in a rave. I, I have to say. Maybe she was just doing it to show that she was bright. That was- <laughs> hey! Oh. Hey! Uh, we had a, a young lady who had her cell phone, and she had left the flashlight feature on and was talking on the phone while the flashlight illuminated everyone else. It was ridiculous. Okay, so um, so not just the um, 
not just the Jungle Cruise side as we yes. go, you know, 30 years down the road, 35 right. years down the road. Um, you know, there's, it's interesting because I think they have to do something with their other properties yes. here in Anaheim. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's been discussion about a third gate with either right. Star Wars land. But that's been talked about for a long time. The one that I think was, is, uh, the, and it, it's a rumor and it doesn't have any validity other than whoever's demented imagination it was. I think it's a great idea to take the Simba lot, turn that into Star Wars land and connect it via tube to DCA. Right. No, absolutely. And, and one of the, one of the rumors we'd heard for a long time for DCA before that broke ground was that they wanted it to be a villain's park. Yeah, so the villains. The villains park. I, I. There's so many great concepts to the. That's that a great world. idea. Well, yeah. The, the, the no, rumor the, was to compete with, uh, with like Six Flags. Yeah, it, it would be more of an extreme. More, more coasters, Disney park. more things like that. Um, I actually saw the. Yeah, that's not a good idea. Well, <laughs> there was a Chernabog roller coaster that had gone right. through Imagineering that you actually would ride on the bottom of Chernabog's wings through the coaster. Okay. It would be a flying coaster. Um, That's so kind of cool. There were some really brilliant things. The idea that I thought was great was that you would walk into Main Street and it would be the same proportion and size as our Main Street, like yeah, Disneyland, but it would be dark. Dark. And it yeah. would have villains and all the costumes would be villainous. And right. It would be a mirror opposite of Disneyland. I would pay double the amount that I'm paying now for my annual pass for this fantastic. to happen. Right. I, I don't think it ever will because it's the perception of the company. Look, if the company is willing to whitewash uh, history... And uh, produce a movie like Saving Mr. Banks, which is, let's just say it, an utter and bloody lie. And uh, you're the only one saying is that. not. Ac- no, I am not the only one saying that. Look, I agree with you. No, way, I, you but... know, let's let's just be honest. Tra- P.L. Travers hated the movie. Yep. She went to her grave hating the movie. She never gave her consent in the way that it shows in the film. And Walt and wasn't anywhere near that nice. No, no, there are. <laughs> But you know, I there's, love there's this perception. There's, there's whole scenes in the movie that are wholesale fabrication. Absolutely. But in her will, she specifies that those actors and actresses could never play those characters again, ever. Ooh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, I mean, it's in, it's in her will. I mean, she hates it, and the mo- company comes out with a movie that is an utter fabrication. So no, I think that they're willing to go to any length to protect their their reputation. Their well, they have to. But, well, you know, the flip side no, of that yeah, is there's... I mean, oh, I know. The corporate governance side, it's it's great for them to do that, but, you know, it is historically dubious. Well, just look at... I mean, all it takes is to tabulate the amount of money that they've made on Bat's Day over the last 10 years. Yeah. And, and I, I figure to, out that there's a there's a market for it, yeah, and they'll I, do it. I used to have a rubber bat hanging from my boat on Bat's Day to show <laughs> to show that I was bat friendly. Your camaraderie, nice. I, I had That's an awesome. I had an entire bat theme spiel. <laughs> um, well, next time we talk, we're get, we're gonna have to talk about enchanted evenings, all the private yeah. parties, and everything. Yeah, no, and you know, there's things we haven't really talked about certain grad night things and oh yeah. Depth. Uh, no, there's all kinds of things. We we sadly um, just due to time constraints, we have to do this is a single uh, forty-five-minute episode. It's, it's a, a tease. tease. We'll do some more down the road. Um, but, there's uh, so much more. Oh yes. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, but no, you know, after all the time that we kind of arm wrestled with the internet, and, yeah, no, uh, no, I'm, some missed uh, opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I'm yeah, glad that we had the chance. The next time you're in the area, uh, and then definitely we'll do some Skype uh, yeah, follow-up absolutely. to this. Absolutely. Um, maybe we'll get. Uh, I know that uh, there's always Selena's Comic Con. That's well, true. And I know Robles uh, does a lot of uh, Skype stuff with me, and I can probably tag him in there. Oh, it'd be great, because he and I, we'd be able to tag team on a lot of stories as well. So, anyway. (laughs) That's what she said. That's what she said. All right. You're married now. All right. So this innuendo-filled episode (laughs) was brought to us by the letter C... Anyway, um, thanks, uh, Jesse, for making the time. Thank you. Uh, it, was a, it was a pleasure. It was I had a, a great time. And, so nice. Uh, we, will, we will do this again and throw this up. And, uh, Absolutely. Th- thanks, everybody, and Kungaloosh. We'll see you soon.